And we are live. Yo, what's up, everyone? And welcome to episode five of Coffee and Perspective with Jaystein. Today, I've got the great privilege to speak to a gentleman who once was my boss, and he is an entertainer. He's a cruise director, and hopefully by now, he's a professional drone pilot. It's Mr. Stephen Clutty. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, Jaystein. Good afternoon, everyone. Before we I love the fact that you say a that's really cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I've I've got to uh, I've got to call it how it is because you are you are you are one of the not to start it off by blowing steam up your butt, but uh, you're one of the the more respected people that I've worked for um, over my my career oh, on, on on the ship. Um, but firstly, before we get into anything, since last we were working together, um, you have become a father. So congratulations. That's right. Thank you. My, my next big adventure. Um, in fact, uh, my little baby turns one this week. So we're very excited. And so yeah, I, I, the I watched the process over um, the birth and when you were still on board and, and the whole thing and super, super excited. Uh, super exciting for both of you. That's a, it's a yeah, big, it was- it's a big journey. Yes. Yeah, you know, everybody that you speak to that, that uh, have become parents tell you it's, it's, it's a life-changing experience and, and so on. And you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but actually, until it happens to you, you don't understand the, um, you know, How the, the fullness of that particular thing. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, it changes your perspective. It changes your goals, both short-term mm. and long-term. Mm. And uh, just the joy you have of being a parent most of the time. Most of is the time. so rewarding. Yeah. So before we get <laughs> into those teething, screaming moments at two o'clock in the morning, which make you sort of reconsider. And the lack of sleep. Lack of, yeah. Yeah. There's not much sleep around. But you know, when when things settle and there's a routine involved, there is just so much joy and love. So uh, very, very happy. Thank you. Good. Good. To, uh, I mean, I know obviously quite a bit about you, but for those who are watching on YouTube and Facebook. Um, just give a brief background of your your story and how you got involved in the in the entertainment industry as a whole. Um, gosh, uh, yeah. I mean, it depends how far back you want to go. <laughs> um, I I had a um, an absolute fascination with the entertainment industry since I was a child. I grew up in uh, apartheid South Africa, um, where it was believed for a very long time that. South African citizens shouldn't have access to television because it was considered uh, evil by the the then nationalist government and was bringing too many abstract ideas to the general populace. So, you know, by the time I was six years old, I hadn't ever been experienced uh, any kind of entertainment other than live entertainment. So it was going down to see um, shows at the town hall, It was going to go and see a little magic show at a friend's birthday party, that kind of thing. And that was my very first entertainment experience. Um, And I was captivated, particularly by um, seeing magic for the very first time. You know, I had no concept then that it was trickery and illusion. I just thought, wow, this is real and I want to become a wizard. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I was obviously very vocal in my passion to my parents who supported me. And by the time I was seven or eight years old, I was actually performing magic tricks. Um, by the time I was 10, I was doing shows for my, my friends and their birthday parties. Mm. By the time I was 13, I was charging to perform at the local school or the library. 
uh, and, and this, is, and this is, just pure, this is just pure magic. This is just sleight of hand, yeah. card tricks, basic and, magic. And uh, sort of uh, stage magic, prop magic, a little bit of mentalism, a bit of escapology. I was you know, getting into a whole lot of different stuff. Yeah. Um, and in my late teens, I, I considered myself to be sort of semi-professional. Um, I was doing illusions like floating ladies and cutting them in half and so on. But obviously... Uh, like most people, didn't think that I could make a career out of it. So I went into uh, university and after varsity, I was conscripted into the army. Mm. Uh, and during that time, I had the opportunity to perform while I was in the army. And that's when I think I developed a really strong show. Mm -hmm. And by the time I actually came out of the army, um, I was working um, for a hotel chain actually and I was doing shows on the side and I kept that going for quite some time. And eventually I decided that I was doing so well in entertainment that let me just do it professionally. So I, I gave up my, my career, uh, my career, career that I studied for and went into magic full time. An agent saw me and said, Hey, I think you should work on a, on a cruise ship. And I thought, mm, no, I'm not really interested in a cruise ship. They said, no, we think it'd be really good. Just maybe just a couple of weeks. Just for, just for context, years. sorry, how, at what, which, which, where was this, more or less, in what year? What this year? was in South Africa. Uh, it was around about the late 1990s. My first cruise ship was in 97. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yes, yeah, so, I so said that was like 23 years ago. Um, I, I just absolutely loved it. I, I, I stayed within the pure entertainment context on a cruise ship as a performing artist, much like yourself when, you were, when we worked together. Did that for four years. Um, and then was eventually offered the opportunity to become cruise director for the company I was working for, which basically means you look after the entire entertainment sector on board the ship. Yeah. And yeah, I, so, it's so a career before, that's before taken the, over the world. The cruise director thing has taken up quite a, quite a large um, slot of your, your professional career. But just to back up yes. a little bit in the, in the magic. Um, yeah. So on board, you were purely performing theater shows, magic shows. That's right. I had my own, my own solo show, uh, one man show. Yeah. Uh, I used to perform um, a, a slot in a variety style show, like a, a little teaser yeah. slot. And then I had my own show, uh, which took up one evening in multiple sittings. Yeah. And uh, that's basically what I did for nearly four years. And for um, some, uh, if you don't have anything, that's okay. But do you have anything behind you or any cards or any uh, particular trick? <laughs> or illusion or something that you have <laughs> that, uh, that can be displayed on camera? Uh, I will see if I can come up with something by the, by the time we, we, we end off. By the time um, we end off. What, what I'll actually do, yeah, what I'll actually do uh, Jace, is I'll send through a, a little interactive um, magic trick that you can put on your, uh, your video and uh, your viewers can actually participate. And uh, I'll send that through a little bit later. You can check through. No worries. So you went through the, uh, the magic. And before the cruise director thing, I am quite aware. And those who have um, had the fortune of being on one of your cruises as a cruise director, they know that you give a talk or you give many talks, but one of them are about scams, which is completely out of the yeah. context of, you know, the <laughs> traditional entertainment. Um, so you, yeah. So take that you have a, a found interest in the scam industry, um, the hustle industry, and the way people can get scammed out nowadays. Uh, do you mind? I know that you did. You read. A, you wrote a book about it as well. Yeah, I actually wrote wrote a few books. 
uh, about it. Um, being involved with magic for so long, and obviously there is no such thing as real magic. It's all tricks. It's all illusions. It's all misdirection, that kind of thing. Uh, what I was noticing is I was occasionally encountering people that were using the same techniques that I use as a magician, as an entertainer. Entertainment. Mm -hmm. um, but they were not using it for entertainment purposes. They were using it for something a little bit more nefarious. And, and they were actually using those same skills to, to scam people, yeah. whether it's by cloning their credit card or running a Facebook scam. Yeah. And I was very interested to understand the psychology of why people fall for these scams. Um, you know, how can you receive an email and you believe it's true or read a, an article on Facebook and you, you get emotionally charged enough to be able to share it or pass it on mm. and, and how these scams actually work. Uh, you know, you're always seeing on Facebook, uh, please don't accept a second friend request me because my account's being hacked or my uh, account's being compromised or that kind of thing. So I was interested to know how people allowed things to get to that state. So I wrote a, a book on it um, and it was very successful. So I wrote a follow-up book, which was uh, also very successful. Um, and uh, yeah, that are, sort of are, took my are career books, in a different path. Are these books online? So if anyone's watching, if they want no. to try to get hold of them or? Um, the, my most recent book, and it's actually quite strange to use the word recent, is probably a, a few years ago now. Mm. Um, it was available countrywide in South Africa, unfortunately not internationally. But it, in South Africa, certainly, um, you know, all of the classic bookstores like CNA, exclusive books and so on, you were able to purchase copies of these books. It actually became a bestseller for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I, I would speak about things like fake news before fake news became a thing. A thing, yeah. You know? And before it got a title. But, but even still, it, it's just unbelievable to see how vulnerable people allow themselves to become and how active these scam artists are, especially on social media now, because it's a nice, easy target. And, target. and currently with the COVID-19 pandemic, mm. there is so much misinformation mm. on the internet mm. that um, there is, there are people that are, that are going online, creating these fake news articles and, and fake videos, sharing them, and when you share something on Facebook or social media, uh, you leave a tag. And because you leave a tag that you've actually shared it or you've liked it or commented on it, the criminal essentially that created this fake information has access to your Facebook profile mm -hmm. and your friends list. And that's how they, they're getting in and that's how they're cloning and, and, uh, and creating these so-called hacked accounts, even though they're not actually hacked. It's, just yeah, it's, it, it's quite worrying because they are, and I know that you, do it, you've been doing it quite a, quite often in the in the past year or so, if not more, that you basically say to everyone that you will know as your Facebook friend, you go, if you're going to copy or paste or share something that you have no background information on, you will unfriend them slash block them slash just remove <laughs> them from your account. <laughs> um, because particularly now when, when most of us are at home in lockdown and, and we sort of turn to social media a lot as our our way to connect with people we actually know. Yeah. Uh, it's very frustrating to see the misinformation that's out there. And it spreads um, like a wild. And most people don't, yeah. And most people don't fact check. No. Um, they, they just share because they think it, it resonates with them. Mm. 
that potentially is quite a dangerous thing because if you're sharing false information, somebody must have created that false information. And then there's two reasons why they would do that. Number one, because they just want to be mischievous um, and, number, and clever. And they just want to see how many times their information can be shared. Can be shared. Yeah. But, but, the, but the more dangerous one is when it's created by um, someone with ulterior motives and they create these very uh, believable fake documents mm. that often are quite emotive Mm. Um, you know, things that involve politics or religion, you know, uh, for every share, we'll donate $1 to animal anti-cruelty, yeah. that kind of thing. So you share it because you think, wow, we want to help the animals. Yeah. But because you shared it, <clears throat> as I said, you leave a digital tag. No, and no money's criminal going to can access, They can act. Then they can clone your photographs. They look at your friends list. And then they send your friends another friend request. Mm. Um, and most people don't check. No. Am I a friend of that person? I'm sure I'm already a friend of that person. Oh, well, I'll just click yes. Yeah. And before you know it, you have a cloned account. And then that misinformation can, can spread even further. And then these criminals will start contacting your friends by private message saying, hey, I'm a little bit short this month. Oh, I need a couple of thousand rand. Can you help me? Yeah. And your friends go, yeah, sure, of course. Is there, is there any one that's, that's currently circulating, uh, just to uh, finish off with that set, about is there anything that you're aware of at the moment that you're aware that a lot of people could be getting caught on um, that stands out to you, that you've come across quite a few times? <sighs> Jace, I, I couldn't give you one example. There, no. there are literally thousands doing the rounds. I mean, recently, just in the last couple of days, there have been these posts going around that, did you know that tonight at 20 minutes past eight and 20 seconds, it'll be 20, 20, 20, referring to time, 2020. And this is the only time this will happen in our entire lifetime. And you're going, no, it happens every single day. Tomorrow, there'll also be a 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. Or since uh, Sula Ramaphosa made his announcement about the 500 billion rand injection into our economy, People yeah. are saying, well, uh, there's 52 million people in South Africa, so why not just get everybody a million rand? And I'm going like, oh, my God, where did you do maths? Yeah. Or these people <laughs> saying, oh, but regular flu kills more people than COVID-19. And I'm going like, ah, no, it doesn't. COVID-19 is the most dangerous, the most fun. contagious virus that we've had in recent mm -hmm. times. So, you know, people share these kind of things. And not only is it dangerous because it's misinformation, but you have to worry about who created these things and why. Yeah, uh, is it just for mischievous purposes? Uh, mo most of the time, honestly, as far as this fake news is concerned, it's just mischief. But <clears throat> when you start having these posts saying, if you share and like this to commemorate the opening of our new Maldives resort and one lucky person, if you like, share or comment, will win a, a luxury holiday for two. Mm -hmm. Those are the posts that are the most dangerous because you share it because you think, oh, I could win something. Mm. But in actual fact, it's often created by criminals whose intent is to clone your account and clone the accounts of your friends. Yeah. I think it's and, fair, you know, fair, when I wrote my book, I think it's fair to say that everyone should just do a little bit of fact checking before clicking that quick share button. That's Yeah, but Jace, it's it's all well and good saying uh, what we should do. We mm. should stay at home, but people don't. Mm. Uh, we should fact check that people don't. So we can say we should, but you know we don't. When I did my research for my book, 
uh, I encountered so many people that um, lost sizable amounts of money through Facebook scams. And you think, it's just Facebook. How can you lose money? You know, things like you click on something which we call clickbait on Facebook, which directs you to another page. And they say, well, if you'd like to read this article, you'd like to uh, watch this video, yeah. you have to open up a free account. It's free. All we need is your email address and a, a password. And most people use the same password same for password for all accounts, yeah. Right. So um, now what you're doing is you've given the criminal your password and your email address, and now they can get into your Gmail account, they can get into your Facebook account, and when you communicate with your clients and said, hey, I need you to pay me, here's my bank account details, they intercept that email, change the bank, bank account details, and boom. So all of these things, and unfortunately, most people just don't think about it. Mm. And despite the fact that we're getting and how many people are ever going to watch this or how many people have read my book, mm. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I actually, on one of my cruises, I, I met a guy who attended one of my lectures and he bought my book, which he really enjoyed. And he said to me, I have to tell you, I really enjoyed it, but I didn't listen to your advice. And I got taken for a ride. Um, you know, his, his credit card got cloned. Because one of the things that I always tell people, yeah, one of the things that I always tell people about their, um, their credit cards and this is not a credit card, so I can show this to you. It's my, my, my movie card. Card. On, on the back, there's what they call the CVV number. It's a special number that you have to use when you do any online purchases. My best advice to anybody is to take a sticker and place it over that CVV number. So you can peel it back if you need to reference it, but you can leave it closed so that people can't generally glance at it. You have no idea how that will protect your credit card. Yeah. Uh, if you do that and somebody takes your credit card to process it, whether it's at the garage or the local supermarket, if they don't have a CVV number, your credit card cannot be cloned. So, mm -hmm. um, quick tip. You know, little tips like, yeah, yeah, that's your hot then, tip for the day. <laughs> then, uh, with your lectures and your talks, um, for those of you who are not aware or have not had the fortune of being on either MSC Cruise or a more recently a Disney Cruise with him as cruise director, um, you've spent a lot of your time in your professional career, let's say in the cruise industry um, from MSC yes. and now into Disney cruises as a cruise director. Um, my, question, right. my question to you is what drew you to, we know how you got into the cruise industry, but what drew you to staying in the cruise industry for so many years as a cruise director? Um, sure. Uh, you know, I started in the, in the industry as a performer um, and then obviously as cruise director managing other performers. I was very fortunate in the sense that I was able to continue to perform. Uh, you and I performed together. many times where you need to sort of start settling down into into other directions sorry, sorry steven you your your, inter, your internet cut for a little bit there you broke away for a bit uh the last i heard was that you were lucky enough to still perform on the ship yeah so i had the opportunity to perform you and i performed together many times um but eventually you know as you start getting older you start maturing um you know you look for other opportunities where you don't necessarily have to perform uh and i made the decision to migrate to, to Disney, which of course is one of the, the top entertainment companies in the world. Mm. Uh, and that was very, very highlight for me when I was given the opportunity to work with them uh, and be involved in some of the amazing production shows they do on board, like 
uh, Frozen and uh, uh, Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and, and, and some incredible, you know, production shows mm. uh, and, and help present these to, to the guests. Uh, it was a different avenue. So I, I don't necessarily get to perform anymore, but I certainly involved more in the management style. And it keeps me very much on my toes because every single day, no matter how you plan, things change. change. And, yeah. and I, I think I, I love that challenge of, of being able to handle things on a daily basis. And I think that's what's kept me in industry so long. You know, there's a, there's a very cliched saying, but one I think is very apt. If you love what you do and you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. And I think that's, mm. that's very true um, in my chosen career. Yeah. Uh, being able to bring so much joy to literally hundreds of thousands of people um, of all ages. Yeah, because I mean, the, cru the cruisers can, the cruisers you're dealing with 4,000, depends on how, you know, how many passengers the, the ship can hold, but you're dealing with thousands of guests on a weekly basis, nearly, depending on, on the cruise itineraries. <laughs> Many different ships ranging from 600 guests right up to 5,000 guests. Uh, and sometimes with multiple cruises a week, you know, you might be entertaining, you know, 10,000 guests potentially mm. it's a lot of people it's a lot of responsibility yeah but um it, it's a very very rewarding position, rewarding to, be able position. to bring joy to people yeah and uh and now that you're on disney i need to ask i'm a huge disney fan myself is there any not not per se show that's in the theater but is there any particular disney movie or disney song that is your favorite that if that was in the uh, theater you would go I'm there. This is my favorite show. This is my favorite song. I think um, I have a, a very personal reason for wanting to single out Mary Poppins. Uh, the reason being, it was the very first Disney movie I ever saw. Actually, not only that, it was, it was the very first movie I'd ever seen. I already said to you that when I grew up, it was in a zero television environment, mm. but there were still movies. Yeah. I think when I was six or seven, my mom took me to go and see Mary Poppins. Yeah. And, and again, because it was so magical and I was so obsessed with magic, I, I just think it was, uh, had such a great meaning for me. Yeah. And when Mary Poppins Returns came out a couple of years later, um, 40 years later, in fact, I had the opportunity to take my mother, who was now well into her 80s, uh, to go and see that show. So it was... Yeah. Pardon the cliched expression. It was the circle of life. <laughs> the circle, the circle, the circle uh, of life. That was very special. I think that's one of my, my all-time favorites, uh, movies, so to speak. And I think one of my favorite characters is Winnie the Pooh. Uh, again, just brings back so many wonderful childhood memories of uh, my mum, my dad, my aunts, my uncles reading me these stories. Mm -hmm. And I was just getting so captivated in, in this amazing world in the story. so yeah mm. i have i've always had an affinity to disney since i was a, a small child yeah as as like as like myself and a lot of other people um i'm still yet to come on a cruise so i'll let you know when we when we decide to make our way to the states and and jump on a cruise well when, when the cruise industry uh, gets back up and going uh, you'll be more than welcome to be our guest. <laughs> be our guest. Be our guest. Be our guest. Um, then, even though it's all magical and living in and working on board a cruise ship, a lot of people, there's a lot of memes that happen, especially amongst uh, ex-crew members, where they go, 
the way their friends see them if they work on the ship, the way, you know, their family sees them if they're working on the ship and it's all these glamorous photos. And then there's the photo of them actually working on the ship, spending time in their cabins, being away from home, all the cons, all the um, not so glitz and glamoury stuff of, of the cruise industry. Um, you as a cruise director, like you said, you need to manage the whole entertainment staff um, as well as adapt to all the changes that happen on the cruise. And because I've worked quite closely with you for quite a couple of months in the past, um, I'm very well aware of what you deal with and what you had to deal with on a daily basis, um, which is not the glitz and glamoury part of, 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 the, of the job. But I want to ask in what time, it can be anywhere from your time um, being cruise director on MSC or even more recently on, on Disney or times where something, something wasn't going as you would have hoped because that happens a lot. <laughs> um, or maybe one of your performances even, maybe not even as a cruise director, maybe one of your own personal talks or performances weren't going so well. You clearly weren't getting into the swing of things. Maybe, you know, you had all these expectations and you were, you just couldn't seem to either hit what the guests were wanting or it was taking some time to figure out how, um, how to please the guests from an entertainment point of view. So my question is through these times, and you can mention one, even if you, if you feel like, um, how did you have to go back to your cabin or the office and, and put your mind in a place that you brush it off, you take it, brush it off and just keep moving, moving onwards and upwards. <laughs> that, that is a very long and convoluted question. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I hear you exactly. You know, every single morning you start out with a plan um, and it is very rare that that plan goes completely 100% perfectly. There, there's always little speed bump. This problem that anybody on a cruise ship has is essentially the weather. Mm. Uh, people expect the postcard. People expect the brochure. They want calm seas, sunny skies, no wind, no rain. Mm. Uh, and that would be amazing if it was up to us. But unfortunately, we don't control the weather. Uh, so occasionally it rains and occasionally there's strong wind or there's strong seas. And that's when our biggest contingencies have to, to come in. You know, if we have a, a beautiful part rain we can't have that party on deck we've got to move it inside or postpone it mm. or if it's blustering with wind and it's a howling gale outside we can't maybe let guests go onto the beach uh and, and unfortunately that was, their, and that was their one day <laughs> oh yeah that was their one day and that was, was the whole reason that they booked <laughs> you know obviously we, we try and compensate where we can and, and we come up with a plan b but sometimes it's further reaching than that, Jason. And from someone that works in the theater, you would know this too. Occasionally, if there's really rough seas outside because of a howling wind uh, and the ship's moving around a little bit, it might not necessarily be safe to perform certain acts on the stage. Maybe a, a balancing act uh, or a, a high energy dance number with lots of high kicks and so on. It could potentially be quite dangerous for people to work in the environment where the stage is constantly moving. Yeah. So you have to constantly come up with plan B and sometimes plan C and D and E if necessary 
yeah. uh, to compensate for. But that's one of the reasons why I love the job so much because there's so much quick thinking on the fly mm -hmm. uh, and working with such amazing people that always, always step up to the plate. But after that day is done and dusted and the, the day is always over at some stage or other, yeah. um, sometimes you just need to go up into the very top deck where there's very few lights and you just look up and you just look at that incredible great sky and if there's no cloud, you just see the, the stars like you cannot begin to see on land. Yeah. And you just breathe in that nice fresh air and that just puts everything into perspective. Mm. And I think that's how very often you know, refreshed my own mind and cleared my mind ready for whatever interesting things were going to happen the next day. Yeah. Yeah. For those uh, who have who have been on board and maybe haven't experienced this there, like Stephen was saying, there's the time where, where you might have that one, one port day in Hawaii or in the South African context that was, you might have that stop off in Cape town, but because of the weather or the winds and it's not safe for the crews to come in, they, the ship just doesn't go in. And without putting things into context, the first thing the guests will do is they go, the cruise director, the captain, you know, why didn't we stop? You've spoiled our cruise. Um, and I've seen it firsthand. So I know that there's a ton of pressure, but I guess that's why in the position that you're in is because you, you deal with it. <laughs> You deal with it very calmly and very uh, humbly when guests are coming and screaming at you and going crazy. Um, it's like an insurance policy. You don't need it till you need it, right? Yeah. yeah. You, you just go through with it. Then the, on that, that context, I also remember one of, the, one of the times that we were chatting or you had one of the talks where there's a few things and there's a few questions that guests, cause you, because you're around the guests constantly, um, they have the free will to come up to you, speak to you, tell you things, make statements. So I know that there was, there was quite a list at one stage of, I don't know how to say it, but ridiculous things or the most <laughs> uneducative uh, statements or questions that, that guests have asked you out of the top of your head. Do you have any that, uh, that you can, that you can say? Yeah, uh, you know, they, they're pretty standard across the cruise industry and every sort of cruise director you chat with will have their own favorites. Yeah. Um, but you, you do get some very unusual questions from time to time. Um, you know, for example, guests will ask you things like, what time is the midnight buffet? <laughs> you know, mm. without thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hello. Or... Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what time, you know, they'll say, can we see dolphins when you're on the cruise? Yes, you can often see dolphins. Awesome. What time? <laughs> we don't plan it, you know? Uh, yeah. Or, or do the crew live on board? Um, <laughs> do the crew live on board? I remember that one. <laughs> do the elevators go to the front of the ship? You know, all of these really weird questions that haven't really been thought through. No. Um, and, and I guess what makes them quite funny is the fact that it's very often not one-offs. They, they ask almost every single cruise. Cruise. Um, yeah. Do the elevators it's, it's, go to uh, the front of the ship? <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. Anyway, you asked me to do a magic for you. So uh, while we were chatting, I opened up my, I'm in my study at the moment, so I opened up my little yeah. stationary drawer here and I, I got myself a, uh, an elastic band, which I snapped. Can you see that? Yeah. And I've, I've tied a knot in the one end so that if you hold it, it doesn't slip off. 
-hmm. and I've tied a knot in the other end so that you hold it, it doesn't slip off. So what I'm going to do, one second, I've got a pen. Oh, got them on the floor. No worries. Uh, your your internet gonna... just keeps breaking away every so often, but I'll I'll let you know if it if it goes away. Okay. So I've got a I've got this little uh, rubber band, elastic band, and I've got this pen which I'm just quickly going to clip onto there by holding the the knot. There we go. So you can see now that the pen is actually on the elastic band, right? Mm -hmm. You can see that now. Just just watch very carefully because that pen is going to start to move. And you'll notice that my fingers are not moving, I'm not stretching the band at all. But the pen is definitely starting to climb. Like a cable car, really. You know, the one in Cape Town? Mm -hmm. A little bit smaller, mm -hmm. but it's going up. And again, my, my fingers are not moving. I'm not stretching the elastic band. It's just going up and up and up and up. And... That's a little bit of magic feature. <laughs> illusion. <laughs> it's an illusion. Yay. Good job. Um, so we've covered the we've covered your magic. We've covered your scams, uh, which were two parts that that me personally I I asked it selfishly because I'm quite interested in in your magic and your your interest in the scams. Um, and then within the cruise industry, um, because potentially there's going to be quite a few uh, entertainers that will watch this or people within the entertainment industry that will see this and possibly some that are thinking of either working on a cruise ship as anything, not necessarily entertainment um, or those that right. might want to be crew staff within the production animators, yeah. et cetera. Um, is there anything or things that, you can share that you feel someone should know before working on the ship, which maybe isn't communicated very well to them beforehand um, because everyone's got different opinions and, um, and experiences. So I can tell somebody, you know, my experiences. Um, but what coming from, from your mouth, that's done it for numerous years. Uh, is there, is there anything that you feel a, a potential crew member should know? Um, which they might not know before yeah. on a ship. First of all, and, and very importantly on the subject of scams, is there's, there's a lot of fake agencies out there that will take your CV, charge you a uh, admin fee, mm -hmm. uh, and then will sometimes even tell you that you've got the job um, and that you have to pay for your first flight or your visa or something along those lines. You know, as soon as you have to start paying for stuff, very often there's a scam involved. Most cruise lines don't charge for recruitment. Um, so you, you need to bear that in mind. Secondly, either contact the cruise line directly, especially if you're going in, for example, as a, a utility staff member, a housekeeper, a bar staff, that kind of thing. But most cruise lines will work through one or two agencies. Uh, it's best to go through those agencies, check them out, vet them out, make sure that everything's above board, yeah. get some reviews, get referrals, that kind of thing, uh, and let them work for you because they will get paid a placement fee from the cruise line. So they will work hard to get you on board the ship, but that shouldn't cost you anything. Mm. If you're an entertainer, a lot of people say, hey, you know, I can play the guitar really well. Can I come and work on the cruise ship? It doesn't really work that way. You know, you, you actually have to be really good. 
and, and fairly established as an entertainer, whether you're a, a musician, a singer, a dancer, a, a talented artist, whether it's ventriloquism or magic or whatever the case might be. Mm. But once again, you need to get yourself an agent and let the agent represent you. Let them get the best deal for you, uh, whether it's a cabin, whether it's your salary, uh, whether it's your perks and benefits. They will work hard to get you the best deal because cruise lines are so big. They have so many ships. They're employing so many people. They don't have the time and the energy to devote to recruiting people individually one by one by one. That's why they use the agency. Yeah. So once again, working through agencies is, is a way better opportunity than just trying to phone and say, hey, who do I send my CV to? You know? mm-hmm. and, and, and above all, please, 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 because it's the biggest turnoff in the recruitment industry. Don't ever contact somebody in the cruise ship or the entertainment industry in general and say, hey, my daughter wants a job. My son wants a job. Get your son and your daughter to do that. Don't recruit on behalf of someone or don't try and get someone a job on their behalf. They must do it themselves because if they don't, then they're not showing a genuine interest in actually taking that position. Mm -hmm. And then being on board, um, things that they might not know once they even on board that. So for example, it's a given, yes, you're staying in a, a smaller cabin. You're not living in a house. You cannot just walk to the shop, things like that. Um, you cannot just jump into your car. Um, is there any other particular small pointers that uh, you feel are quite important for someone to know once they, <coughs> once they do go on? Because a lot do, it's part of our job as well to, to inform people of what to expect. All the big cruise uh, recruitment agencies will have those FAQs online. Very often they have videos as well. Mm. Um, but yes, you know, it's not like the passenger experience where you sit around the pool and drink pina coladas all day. Uh, you do have to work. But there are rules and regulations. Um, there are labor unions involved. It's not slave labor. Um, normally, depending on your, your rank um, on board the ship, whether you're a, a low-level employee or whether you're an officer, you might get a single cabin, you might get a sharing cabin with another person. Uh, normally, you have your own facility, so you're at your own bathroom and toilet. Um, some ships have bunk beds, some ships have both beds, you know, down on, on one level, uh, TV, fridge, that kind of thing. So you do have the small luxuries in life. And, and most cruise lines will offer their crew, uh, crew activities and crew entertainment. There's a crew gym, a bar, a disco, a swimming pool just for the crew. Mm-hmm. And of course, you do have the opportunity to go off uh, when you're in port. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of those questions and answers can be taken care of by the agent that looks after you. Yeah. Good. Um, I, on, on all the, the past conversations I've had, I haven't touched on what's happening currently in the situation with the coronavirus, COVID-19. Um, but I feel that it's uh, because it impacts me directly, it impacts you directly with the, the whole shutdown. <clears throat> I mean, this is, of course, just a hypothesis, and I'm just going to throw it out there. But do you have any rough guess or any feeling? You know where I'm going with this. Do you have any feeling of when <laughs> when we get when oh. when you will be back? That luckily for all of you watching, um, I probably wouldn't get to sit and have a, a chat like this with with Stephen in probably any other circumstances. 
um, because he's a busy <laughs> man. He's either he's either flying or he's on board, or when he is at home, he's spending time with his with his family. He doesn't want to be sitting on video calls with with anyone else. Um, so yeah, do you have a, a a rough guess or or even or even just a a statement that you want to say that you know what will happen with with the cruising industry? Can obviously give you my opinion, which is not based on any no factual, uh, no factual. I just want to know your yeah. personal your personal opinion. But you know, Jason, if if I if we'd had this conversation five months ago, middle of December, and I said to him, you know, Jason, five months from today, the entire world's going to shut down. Uh, a roll of toilet paper will be more expensive than a barrel of oil. Uh, nobody will be able to fly anywhere. Uh, there'll be no cruising. There'll be no hotels. Mm. Uh, you cannot visit your elderly parents in an old age home. And that'll happen five months from today. You would have told me I was completely barking mad. Mm. Uh, it, it is something completely alien to what we are used to. And I, and I think that's probably what we're going to expect in the future. Optimistically, I know people really want this problem to be resolved as soon as possible. Mm. I personally believe that until there is a vaccine or a cure, I think we're going to remain in uh, very restricted lifestyles. Uh, I think the entertainment industry and the tourism industry are going to be very hard hit for a very long time to come. When flights do open up, it's going to be very intermittent and sparse. Uh, I think it's the same with hotels. I think it's the same with resorts. I think, I think it's going to be the same with cruise ships. And much like 9-11 changed the face of airport security forever, I think COVID-19 pandemic is going to change the way we view health and the safety of guests in hotels, audience members at shows, and passengers on cruise ships. I think it's going to change uh, in the foreseeable future for a very long time to come. My best case scenario, optimistically, a lot of people want to get the industry up and running within the next couple of months. Uh, I hope beyond all hope that is going to be the case i really do but i honestly could not give you a best guess because this pandemic doesn't change week by week it doesn't change day by day the situation literally changes hour by hour yeah uh, so yeah I, i'm that, holding like, thumbs that all that we can over just hope for, yeah just hope for the uh, and that's all we better. can do it's just it's just hope yeah or if you're so inclined Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good. Uh, to wrap off, um, out of my personal interest as well, do you have any within the cruising industry? You are quite highly ranked, um, so uh, you're achieving, and I'm sure you'll have a lot of more challenges coming your way when you when you work with your new company on Disney. But other than the entertainment, or let's say the cruising industry, not the entertainment, the cruising industry. Do you have any future aspirations, goals? Um, you've always wanted to have, you, you wanted to write another book, for example. You're wanting to create a new illusion show that you're wanting to put on somewhere, in the, anything. It's an open book. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm one of those very fortunate individuals that, that managed to tick off most of my bucket list. Um, there are certainly a few places in the world I would still like to visit. I've never visited the Antarctic, but it's some place I would still like to go. Mm. Um, I'm not sure whether I'm going to write uh, another book anytime soon. I really enjoyed it, but uh, it was very time consuming. And, and although it, it gave me a lot of personal reward, it, there's not uh, 
a lot of future in book writing unless you are writing a series of Harry Potter books, possibly. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I feel that I've, I've very much reached um, a wonderful place in my career right now. And uh, I'm quite content to be there for, for the foreseeable future. Uh, five years, 10 years down the line, who knows? I mean, as I said, we, had a, we could have had this conversation five months ago about what's happening today and we would have both called each other liars. So who knows what's going to happen five months from now, five years from now. Um, I, I think one of the things that this particular pandemic has taught me personally is not to look a year down the line. You know, right now I look at today, staying safe, loving my family, loving mm. being with my family, and what's going to happen tomorrow. And that's my big con- my biggest concern right now. Yeah. Down the line, who knows? I think we just have to play the, the waiting game a little bit longer. Yeah. Good. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, and also, oh, and also I, I just have to finish off by saying, again, just how I started, for those of you who are fortunate enough to go on a cruise, uh, in particular Disney cruises, where Stephen is now currently a cruise director, when the industry gets back up and running, not only is he a great cruise director, and you can even block your camera if you don't want to hear me say this, uh, not only is he a great <laughs> cruise director, um, but he is knowing that I've worked underneath him. He is an incredible leader and a manager as well. So for sure, if you know that you're on one of his cruises, not only is he presenting something um, legitimately, you know that all the people in the entertainment industry that are in the entertainment staff that are working underneath him are being led in a very, very good direction by him. Um, so I applaud you. Keep, keep, well, keep I appreciate that, Jesse. Thank you so much indeed. And uh, lots of love to your lovely wife. And thanks for having me on your show. Awesome. I will do. Thanks. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for watching Coffee and Perspective 005 with the incredible Mr. Stephen Clutty. Until next time. Cheers. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Coffee and Perspective. If you enjoyed it, please go like, rate, review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you may be listening to this as your feedback will mean a ton to me. Until next time, cheers.